From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. So to me, um, having peer groups, whether that's, you know, within an organization or um, within a city where you can actually get together physically when when pandemics Mm -hmm. allow for that, or whether that is, um, you know, getting together on a Zoom call or something like that and and having an affinity group where you're just learning and discussing that same material. It just sinks in better and, um, and gives you more opportunity to use it in real life. That's Katie Lawrence talking about the importance of networks and mentors in helping develop a lifelong learning path. We'll hear more from Katie in just a moment with more insights on her leadership journey. But first, a word from our sponsors. As a healthcare organization, do you feel like processing your claims is too manual or takes too long? Or ever feel like you're just leaving claim revenue on the table? Zoll AR Boost is a real-time accounts receivable solution suite from Zoll Data Systems that simplifies and expedites your pre-billing process by delivering accurate, actionable data to reveal hidden coverage and drive self-pay and high deductible conversions. Zoll AR Boost helps ensure that no payments are left on the table. Visit zoldata.com/arboost for more information. Unlock an easier way to schedule your team with Deputy. No spreadsheets, no hassle when staff want to swap shifts, and no last-minute panic when someone calls out sick. Deputy simplifies staff scheduling, automates timesheets, and streamlines team communication, all in one easy-to-use platform. Deputy does it all so that you can focus on the work that matters most. Ready to take Deputy for a test drive? Start your free trial or contact their team at deputy.com. Our guest today is Katie Lawrence, a speaker, positive mindset leader, and the executive director of ambulatory optimization and integration at Prisma Health. Katie is here today to talk about her journey as a leader in healthcare and the people and processes that help shape her positive mindset. Well, Katie, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Now, we have had you on MGMA podcast previously. Most recently, I had to look this up. I knew it was sometime during the pandemic, but October 2020. I just want to catch up with you because I know I bumped into you in person in San Diego for our fall conference and we chatted briefly. So if you could just bring the audience up to speed on what all you have going on right now. Sure. Well, I have maintained my position as uh, the executive director for ambulatory optimization. So I work in the medical group with Prisma Health out of South Carolina. And I have been with Prisma Health uh, in its various entities. So we were part of a merger and had a name change a couple of years ago. But I've been with this organization for about 13 years. Um, recently, I have also launched my own um, consulting and coaching business for healthcare and healthcare entities. And the name of that organization is Willow Strategy Group. So Willow, like the tree, um, Willow Strategy Group. And I now um, 
work across the country and do some executive coaching as well as speaking and working with groups and facilitating workshops, mostly in the healthcare space. That is so exciting, Katie. And I know that's been a passion of yours for a long time. So, so it's so cool to see something unfold, you know, overnight success, uh, although you put, you know, 15 <laughs> or whatever years into it, but it just all comes together. And that's so cool. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm excited yeah. for the new endeavor and, um, and eager to meet with folks and, and, you know, learn from as much as um, share the knowledge that I have, have gained um, with others. So absolutely. That's great. So I had reached out to you and just let you know that we have started a new podcast series. It goes through the same feed as the other MGMA podcast, but it's on leadership. We've heard so much feedback from the MGMA members and that MGMA community on more tools and insights on leadership. So that's what we're doing here. This is part of that leadership podcast series. And first, I just want to get an idea from you, how you define great leadership. I think that leadership is so much more than management, right? Oftentimes we think of a leader as someone who has direct reports. And while that certainly can be true, I think that you can have both of the other extremes, right? You can have someone who is in a management position who's not a great leader. And then you can have others who have no direct reports, but are very much a leader by influence in, in the world around them. So to me, leadership is the ability to affect change in others through your influence. Um, hopefully that is for good. Um, obviously there are some, some leaders in history who fall into that from a negative space. But um, I think great leadership is the ability to positively affect change in the world. And that comes through not only the words that you use, but also the way you carry yourself, um, the way you interact with others, the way you both set an example and lead by example, um, as well as communication ends up being a huge part of how great leadership comes into being. Okay, uh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I've been asking that question to the first few guests on this series, just trying to get the different ideas. And it does seem like there's a lot of commonality here as we've seen leadership styles uh, evolve over time in organizations and bring more of that servant leadership or even leading from any area within an organization. So it's so cool to see all of that happen. And I wanna ask you, uh, as you've kind of progressed on this healthcare journey of yours, were there any particular mentors or experiences that you'd want to share with us that helped shape your leadership style? Absolutely. I think I could probably three come to mind. Um, so one of uh, a, a former boss, so someone who I actually did directly report to, um, the gentleman's name was George Lesmus. He has since left uh, not only our organization, but has actually passed away. But his leadership style was one of inclusion, one of balancing um, the needs of the organization, meaning um, both physicians and patients and nurses and administrators. So all four kind of coming together as a true team. And he saw things as a way to um, not always do what we have always done, but to be able to invent um, and to iterate and to avoid um, blaming or getting stuck, but how can we continue to move 
forward as an organization and really as an industry. So he was truly um, influential in my personal career. Um, I've also worked for the a wonderful CEO um, when Prisma Health was Greenville Hospital System and then Greenville Health System. So that was a gentleman by the name of Mike Reardon. And he really brought to the organization um, a sense of the importance of emotional intelligence, of being conscious as a leader, meaning making intentional changes, being aware of how you show up in a meeting, the, the energy you bring, the the aura that you bring with you and not from kind of a woo-woo spiritual perspective, but just are you showing up positively? Are you showing up open and willing to learn? Or are you showing up with, you know, this is the way it's gotta be and I'm, I'm very closed-minded. And, and sometimes, and actually most times, most of us show up closed-minded by default. Um, as humans, we are very likely to want to do what is safe, what is known, um, because for the majority of our history, that was the way to survive. Um, and now that we are in a much more fast-paced environment where actually learning is more in, important than, than maintaining sort of status quo, um, it's a very different impact or a very different pathway that our brains have to take. And it takes learning that. So having someone who from a senior executive level really modeled and very much encouraged a vocabulary around emotional intelligence and around conscious leadership um, was incredibly influential in my career. And then I have a dear friend who is um, a leader in her own right, and her name is Saria Sicosio. And her leadership example is one that I emulate often. And she is both detail-oriented and able to see the big picture. And I think that those two things are critical in a, in a good leader, that they are both very aware of how individual, you know, points of communication or interactions with individuals or um, getting the details right in a project is incredibly important, but also on the flip side of that, seeing the big picture, knowing what to release as, oh, that's a detail that we can, you know, let slip by the side, or um, this is the bigger picture and this is how things fit into the bigger picture. So I think being able to both zoom in to the microscopic mm -hmm. as well as to be able to, to zoom out to the bigger picture um, is incredibly important of talented leaders as well. Yeah, I hear you saying that, and I'm just so envious because I, <laughs> it's almost like a superpower to be able to <laughs> see that big picture and also be able to get in there and be incredibly detail-oriented. I know as you have managed people throughout your career, you know that some people tend to shade to one side of that rather than the other. Was one of those easier for you from the start and then you kind of learned the skill of the other one or did you just come into the world being able to do both of those? What's your <laughs> secret sauce here? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, it's sort of a chicken or the egg. I, I yeah. definitely have had to hone both of them. Um, and I think it, you're right that it's very easy, even if we sort of come into the world knowing a little bit about each. Um, we tend to fall into one pattern or the other. So it's, it takes a conscious effort and awareness to be able to say, oh, wait, this isn't a time when I need to lean into the detail. This is a time when I need to zoom back out and see the bigger picture. Um, so I think that I've had to hone both along the way. Um, to me, I, I, love, I love the details, but I am a big picture thinker. I want to see folks... Um, and not so much just for the dream of, of having a big picture and being sort of a daydreamer, but really for the how can we all get as many 
um, wins under our belts as possible collectively. So how can we avoid compromising, but actually have a collective win? Because sometimes we think when we have two different sides of a conversation that we have to move towards a compromise. Well, a compromise in some cases means both both sides are losing. So how can we create a situation where both sides win? Um, and how can we come together in that aspect um, as often as possible? And so from that side, I'm probably more the, the bigger thinker um, mm -hmm. than the detail oriented, but I, I do very much realize and value how important the details are as we move, especially through change. Okay. So I asked you about the people, the mentors out there, but have there also been books or other resources that you particularly point to that helped shape your leadership style or that you learned from? Sure. Um, so I did mention one particular style of emotional intelligence called conscious leadership. Um, mm -hmm. There is a book um, by a gentleman named uh, Jim Dethmer. It's, I believe, D-E-T-H-M-E-R. Um, and he has two colleagues that co-wrote that book with him. It's a wonderful quick read, um, but really helps kind of frame that the idea of being aware and how you show up in, in meetings um, and in interactions with people in general. I think another series of resources that I really lean on is the Enneagram. Um, so that is a style of, it's almost a style of personality, but I think that it, it unlike other um, personality sort of assessments that are very much about how we are, how we always and consistently show up in the world, what I really value about the Enneagram is that built into the framework of the Enneagram is the idea that in stress, we change our perspective. And in relaxation, we change our perspective. So when we are very comfortable, we might move to a different category and show up differently, but it's for the same underlying motivation. Um, so it's a very complex tool. Um, and I think you can both dabble in it and have fun. And there are certainly plenty of memes and uh, great social media <laughs> channels around Enneagrams, um, but it also can be very spiritual. It's getting a lot of, um, uh, attention in the psychology world, so in the actual um, health and medical worlds around psychology and the way our brains function. Um, and, and so I do think that um, those two pieces are probably the biggest influences on me um, as far as being able to see other people for what how they show up, to recognize that my perspective isn't the only one and it's not just my way or the opposite of my way, but there's really a whole color wheel. Um, so the Enneagram shows up in, in nine phases, but really just like when you walked into you know Home Depot or Lowe's it's not just the the Roy G Biv of colors there is like a whole wall yeah. of variations <laughs> of reds and blues and greens and so um I think that's what I value most about the Enneagram it's not just that someone who presents as a three is always going to look the same but there are very much variations of what that three looks like just like there are variations of what blue might show up as so um, those are probably the two biggest resources that shape my leadership approach. And then I just love learning from others. So whether that's an MGMA resource or a Becker's resource or, um, you know, uh, Harvard Business Review, um, just getting to read articles and dabble. Um, I'm just a, a constant learner. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because that's really the next place I wanted to go because you have been a lifelong learner. You have both your MHA and your CMPE. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about that. What does lifelong learning mean to you? What have you learned through those more structured uh, programs where you've had a 
certificate or a certification or a degree at the end of that. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that idea of lifelong learning and what that means to a successful leader. Absolutely. I think having um, a structured program can sometimes or can often give us focus um, and really help us to hone in and, and not just dabble, but put some intentional um, mental effort around learning something. So um, a lot of the work, even that I did with the Enneagram, was through, uh, not through a certification, but through a program that um, our health system had put together. So um, similarly with emotional intelligence, there had been a curriculum around that. So I think when we can identify and, and come together in a group, I think that's also a really great way to learn is so that um, with both my CMPE and in particular with my MHA, it's not just about learning sort of by reading an article and then maybe mentioning it to a friend, but really having the opportunity to be in a cohort with other mm -hmm. team members or other peers who are also learning the material and really, you know, this having discussions around, this is how this impacts my life. How are you seeing it? And then you get to color your conversations, whether that's about ethics or healthcare finance or, you know, management styles, all of those pieces and getting to have those really much more in-depth conversations where you're both bringing sort of the background of having read the material or watched the lecture or, you know, been a part of, you know, some sort of discussion, but now bringing it to fruition with thought leadership and how are we, you know, really bringing your experience to the table there. Um, and to me, that's how it becomes part of, of who I am as a leader. It, it becomes a little more embedded versus an article that, you know, unless it's, super interesting or some really wild fact about, you know, some piece of, of the way that we think, it may not embed itself the way that having more of a coursework, much more intentional discussion. So I think having a both and, um, so while I love to read and I love to, um, you know, watch podcasts or scroll through social media and learn, you know, from folks who post school content on social media, um, in the form of, you know, LinkedIn learning or something like that. I think when you can also have a dialogue with colleagues about the same material, it just brings it that much more to life. So to me, um, having peer groups, whether that's, you know, within an organization or um, within a city where you can actually get together physically when, when pandemics mm -hmm. allow for that, or whether that is, um, you know, getting together on a Zoom call or something like that and, and having an affinity group where you're just learning and discussing that same material. It just sinks in better. and um, and gives you more opportunity to use it in real life. It just comes to mind more, more quickly. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I want to talk to you about something else. I was digging around just trying to go out to your LinkedIn page to see if you had updated anything and what else was going on. And you had the most interesting, I want to call it a blog, but you can correct me, but you posted something on there. This may be the title, listen up, pay attention. Hey, hey, I'm right here. I think that's, um, tell me about that. Maybe that is the title. I don't know. But what is this article about? Tell us about it and where it originated in that uh, creative mind of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I love to put just little short posts. So um, I, I, read, I, I did have a blog for a, a number of years, but um, to me, it we are such tidbit, uh, such a tidbit society. We want mm -hmm. to watch a one-minute clip um, or, or read a short article. So 
I, I tend to post more frequently, um, but, you know, two or three paragraphs at, at the most and two or three, you know, very short sentence paragraphs. Um, because it's helpful, again, it's about opening that dialogue. So it's something that someone online can sort of respond to. And I always love the comments um, more than I than I even loved, you know, just sort of getting it out of, of my fingertips. And, and often I'm speaking to myself as much as I am speaking to sort of the world at large, because I do think that this, this particular post around paying attention was our insides sort of screaming at us, you know, pay attention, you're stressed out, don't forget, <laughs> like you have to slow down sometimes. Um, and sometimes we do get so caught up in the busyness of, of what's going on that it may take, you know, getting a really bad cold or, you know, contracting COVID for that matter, um, or a stomach bug, or, you know, it's a stomach ulcer that finally tells us, hey, you've got to slow down and stop being so stressed. Um, and it happens more frequently than we realize because it doesn't always lead itself all the way to an illness, but it may be that, you know, the first time you realize for the day that you're hungry is when you have snapped at your child because you're hangry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it, it's making sure that we're also balancing that self-care and that we're also listening to ourselves. And sometimes that, that self is about physically taking care of ourselves and, and resting and nourishing ourselves well and moving our bodies to sort of let the emotions process out of ourselves. Um, but other times it's about being able to just think about things or slow down enough to get a gut reaction to something. Because oftentimes when we sense that we have to make a big decision as a leader, um, or even maybe it's a small decision, but it's impactful, that we try to get all the data and we try to be busy ourselves with the data. Um, and I know I'm as guilty as anyone else of just not sitting, understanding the data that presents itself to me, but also just sort of listening for inside or what stories am I telling myself um, about how this has impacted me in the past or what stories am I forgetting about how I've used this knowledge to make a decision in the past. And so really slowing down enough to have some thought time is important as a leader. And it's, when there are a million fires to put out and new changes to put into place and, you know, the world doesn't stop spinning and we move faster than ever, having the intention around slowing down, listening to ourselves, both physically, spiritually, mentally, um, who we are and sort of what's coming from the inside, not just what are we filling ourselves with from the outside in. That is such great advice. And what I'm going to do, Katie, is post a, a link uh, in this podcast, so people can click on that blog or that little post-it that you put together. I think it's a complete sure. story. You know, it really tells so much <laughs> about that self-awareness. And I want to thank you. Sure. It really got me thinking yesterday. And I, I, I had been sitting too long at the desk, and it just got me to sit, <laughs> stand up, and go walk around the house a little bit. You know, that kind of just okay. Absolutely. Let's, let's step away. Let's step away recharge our mind even for a minute and then get back to it. But I just found such great insights in there. So I want to thank you for writing that. And I also want to thank you for joining us on this podcast and sharing these great leadership tips to us. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I've enjoyed talking with you. It's always great to catch up. And I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and to be able to share these things. And um, it's always a great opportunity. So thank you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Katie Lawrence, a speaker and positive mindset leader and the executive director of ambulatory optimization and integration 
at Prisma Health. Also, thanks to Deputy and to Zoll for sponsoring this week's show. As a healthcare organization, do you feel like processing your claims is too manual or just takes too long? Or do you ever feel like you're just leaving claim revenue on the table? Zoll AR Boost is a real-time accounts receivable solution suite from Zoll Data Systems that simplifies and expedites your pre-billing process. Go to zoldata.com slash ARBoost for more information. And Deputy simplifies staff scheduling, automates timesheets, and streamlines team communication all in one easy-to-use platform. Deputy does it all so that you can focus on the work that matters most. Ready to take Deputy for a test drive? Start your free trial or contact their team at deputy.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.